Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Tuesday, the 3rd of August. The federal government has made a dramatic change to the nation's COVID vaccine rollout, allowing children aged between 12 and 15 to get the Pfizer jab from next week. Those eligible will be children who have serious underlying health issues, are Indigenous or from remote communities. It comes as the number of cases of children infected by the Delta strain of COVID continues to increase. In Queensland, 10 of its 13 new cases from yesterday were children under the age of nine, with a number of local schools affected. Health authorities in Queensland yesterday announcing as they race to find the missing links in this latest COVID outbreak, the lockdown for 11 local government areas across southeast Queensland will be extended until at least Sunday afternoon. Chief Health Officer Dr Jeanette Young pleading with local residents to stay at home. That's why I'm saying we need to lock down really, really hard, the hardest we've ever locked down. If you don't need to leave your house, don't. It is really, really, really important. And I cannot understand why anyone would be in an office today. If you are in an office today, why aren't you at home? To New South Wales, where some experts are fearing case numbers could double for the Greater Sydney region by the end of the week, as the government struggles to get on top of its continuing COVID crisis. 207 new COVID cases were confirmed yesterday, with up to 118 of those in the community while infectious. With COVID numbers still increasing, there's no timeline on when the long lockdown will end for millions of residents across Greater Sydney. The New South Wales Premier shifting focus away from reducing COVID cases to encouraging more residents to get vaccinated, saying the only way restrictions will ease is for our vaccine rates to soar past 50%. But that's been met with some backlash from top medical professionals. Epidemiologist Professor Mary Louise McClaws telling the project we need high vaccination rates. It's not nearly enough and we have to focus on the 20 to 39-year-olds and the adolescents uh, before we can even think of lifting some of the restrictions. Parliament resumes in Canberra today, but some ministers will have to dial in. Leader of the lower house, Peter Dutton, is now under strict quarantine rules after his son attended a school listed as an exposure site in Queensland. Meantime, Labor will use the resumption of Parliament to push for the federal government to offer a one-off cash payment of $300 to fully vaccinated Australians. The opposition saying it's a great incentive for more people to get the jab. And a new study has found the majority of Australians would be comfortable with a vaccination passport for domestic travel and venue entry. The poll by The Guardian finding 72% of respondents would support a rule requiring people to be fully vaccinated before travelling interstate, while 63% would back rules for patrons to have both COVID jabs before entering public venues like restaurants. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground and we return to Queensland where the Children's Hospital in Brisbane has been placed on standby as the number of children under 10 contracting COVID starts to increase. Our reporter David Shiraz has the latest from Brisbane. Good morning Tash. Well Brisbane serving as an example of just how quickly the Delta outbreak can spread. 
Within days, an entire region has been locked down as the number of schools connected to this cluster appears to grow daily. Now, the biggest concern for health authorities is children acting as super spreaders, passing the virus on to their parents, who then unknowingly go about their business passing it on to others. Up until this point, Queensland's mitigation strategies have been about preventing adults spreading the virus. This cluster causing a major rethink. And to Victoria, where emergency crews have managed to extinguish a massive fire at a Tesla battery facility. The blaze near Geelong started last Friday morning during a test on the battery, but authorities couldn't use water or foam to put out the fire and just had to wait for the flames to burn out. Our reporter James Lake in Melbourne says thankfully the fire did not affect the state's power supplies. Yeah, we were lucky in that regard, Tash, because of the fact the 13-tonne battery hadn't been hooked up to the grid just yet. This massive Tesla battery pack is actually part of a huge battery farm being built outside of Melbourne and it is three times bigger than that big battery installed in South Australia in 2017. Thankfully nobody was injured in the blaze and WorkSafe and fire authorities are investigating to find the cause. The project is expected to be completed within a few months and ready to go for Victoria's peak power demand in summer. Now, for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. Now, the animal spirits of the market are running high with $60 billion worth of takeovers announced yesterday. And first, Afterpay is off into US hands. Yeah, Tash, good morning. A big, big deal, a $39 billion deal, the US payments company Square. Most of us in Australia haven't heard of, by the way, but it's a big business and a disruptive business in the US and around some of the rest of the world. It is buying Afterpay for, as I said, $39 billion. The two businesses have basically come to terms. Afterpay is going to recommend it to its shareholders. Shareholders are doing very nicely. The shares were up big yesterday. Still below its February highs, but a very nice bit of change, $126-odd. The shares were $8 last March. So it's been, it's been a nice 18 months for Afterpay shareholders. How good is that? And also in regards to talking about big deals, Scott, it's not every day a $21 billion deal gets pushed into the shadows, but Oil Search has agreed to pay $21 billion for Santos. Yeah, that's a really good point. You think you're doing a $21 billion deal, you're probably expecting the headlines and the phone calls and everything else, and all anyone wants to talk about is afterpay. But yeah, the oil search Santos deal, this is a really important deal for a couple of reasons. First, of course, neither of these businesses was in particularly great shape uh, about 12, 18 months ago when the oil price was through the floor. They had lots of debt. This was a business or two businesses that were really struggling to kind of make their way. Combining doesn't exactly diversify their business. They're still big in LNG and oil, but it very much gives them the balance sheet heft, the size, the scale to compete on that global stage. So probably good news for both. Still a watch out, of course, with what happens with oil prices, but you better be big than small in this industry. Yeah, and new data has shown that Australian house prices have increased the fastest in 17 years and the market's still doing incredibly well, although we're seeing lockdowns in a number of states. Oh, Tash, this is incredible, isn't it? I guess we probably shouldn't be surprised because house prices did continue to rally last year when we are in the midst of a lockdown. Fast forward 12 months, a 12-month gain of 16.1% in house prices over the last 12 months, 1.6% last month. It really does beg the question of where this finishes. If you think about, you know, what what else could or should, you know, derail the growth in house prices? If it's not a national pandemic and lockdowns in various states, you wonder what it's going to take. Low interest rates, of course, are part of the story. The other one is people saying, well, I'm not going overseas. I'll, I'll funnel that money into my house price. And the third one's probably, you know, just the central bank saying it's going to be low for longer, so maybe you can afford to. But just an astonishing recovery. House price already through the roof, another 16% in 12 months. The poor people trying to get on the housing ladder. It's a bloody tough thing at the moment. 
Yeah, so many people locked up for so long with family members, they need more space, I think. <laughs> I think you're probably right. The extra bedroom's never been so good. Exactly. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Tash. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, the Tokyo Games first and heartbreak for one of our national sides last night, but also celebrations for another. Yes, good morning, Tash. Let's start with the Matildas. Through to the semi-finals against Sweden, we had lost to them in the group stage. It was all looking good when Sam Kerr scored, but then this happened. Australia have had a goal taken off the board for the blocking going on there, and there's nothing in that from Van Egmond. Absolutely nothing in that. That audio there, thanks to Channel 7. Sweden scoring the uh, only other goal that was allowed, unfortunately. Now, not all is lost. We still have a bronze medal match against the Americans. Uh, Sweden go through to the final. Uh, Better news, though, for the Opals. Through to the quarterfinals last night with a big win over Puerto Rico. Now, it had to be a big win. We had to win by 25 points. We just got there. Final score was 96 to 69, so that's a 27 points. Mariana Tolo was the star of the show with 26 points and 17 rebounds. It's been such a battle to get to this point. There's been so much going on, and I'm just so proud of how we fought tonight. Huge challenge coming up next, though. Uh, we've got the USA in the quarterfinals. We've got a big morning uh, in the track this morning as well, Tasha. Brooke Stratton going for gold in the women's long jump final. Uh, Stuart McSween, he's a big middle chance in the 1,500-metre heats. Uh, the heats this morning, semis Thursday, final on Saturday. He's from Tasmania, uh, and he's not the favourite for the event, but certainly a big chance of getting our first medal in that event since 1960, Herb Elliott winning that. So uh, let's go, Stuart, this morning. Yeah, how good would that be? And Brett, to the NRL now, Tommy Turbo, he certainly turned it on again last night, helping Manly beat the Sharks in Brisbane. He certainly did uh, put the Sharks to the sword. 40-22, to 22, the final score, finished with three tries, three assists, and many embarrassed uh, Sharkies defenders. Tommy Turbo telling Fox Sports the rule changes have suited his game. Oh, look, yeah, I'm, you know, obviously really enjoying my footy at the moment. Yeah, I don't know, it's just uh, the game's obviously got a lot faster with the new rules. And... Now you'd have to say he is now the favourite for the Dally M with Nathan Cleary still out. The Titans jumped up to seventh. They beat the Bulldogs 34 points to six in the other match. Very disappointing is how Trent Barrett sums up that performance from his dogs. The one off the dropout, you can't, you just can't. You know, so we've got, got a few blokes in there who, who need to have a good look at themselves. Yeah, just some crucial mistakes at uh, key times costing the dogs at the moment. And to the AFL now, this is very interesting. We see the constant changing landscape with COVID and the associated lockdowns. And now there's growing speculation that the grand final will be at the G for the AFL. Yeah, Gillan McLaughlin speaking yesterday. He uh, is certainly increasingly confident it will be at the MCG. The Victorian government, though, has ruled out a no-jab, no-entry policy for uh, fans during the finals. Just in some other AFL news to wrap up, Jack Viney, the Demon Star, off to the tribunal, sent directly for an incident in Melbourne's win over Gold Coast. Uh, just saw some footage this morning. He appears to push his elbow into the jaw and neck of Suns defender Sam Collins, so he could be in a little bit of trouble. We'll find out. Brett, another big day. Thanks so much. Thanks, Tash. And heartwarming scenes at Heathrow Airport in the UK after Britain dropped travel restrictions for fully vaccinated passengers from the US. ITV was there capturing the moment Karen Tyler was reunited with her son Jonathan after two years apart. Take a listen. Just so overwhelmed. I'm so happy. Oh, it's been so long. And FaceTime isn't the same. It's a, it's a hug. And it, oh, two years, nearly two years, isn't it? <laughs> 
the long-awaited reunions, giving some much-needed hope to many this Tuesday morning. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day. Stay safe. And we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.